Welcome everyone, I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana. And we're here at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And our very special guest today is Greg Lott. So Greg, thanks for, thanks for making the time and being here today. Thank you, Jeffrey, I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely, well, we're gonna hop into your um, very uh, involved and, and interesting world. So um, you're involved in so many aspects of our community, Greg, as involved as anyone I know. So let's start with your professional life and then move into some of the work you do as a board member with other organizations. Sounds great. You are, and if I get anything wrong today, just please feel free to clarify, you are the executive vice president uh, and Northwest Louisiana Division President of Progressive Bank. Yes, sir. Let's start, if we could, just by you telling us how you first got involved in the world of banking. Okay, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Uh, in 1986, in the spring quarter at Louisiana Tech, I had decided that I wanted to do something other than construction work that summer, and I was enjoying my, my time there in Ruston, Louisiana. So I walked into Ruston State Bank on Trenton Street and uh, told them I was looking for some part-time work. And they sent me upstairs and I met with a lady by the name of Kitty Miller. And uh, we talked for about five minutes, a uh, little chat, no application, no resume, no references, no background history. She said, can you start right now? And I said, well, that would be great. What, what, I'm ready, what, what am I gonna do? And uh, so she escorted me to the vault, introduced me to the young lady who was running the vault operation. So uh, that was my start in banking. I was majoring in forestry at the time and uh, thought I was just gonna do this for the, for the summer and maybe uh, would, would continue the work in the fall the next year uh, and continue the path of forestry school. Uh, but got to know a lot of the staff, and like anything else, uh, a minister I had one time, he would ask the question, what do you know for sure when you see a box turtle on a fence post? And when he asked that question the first time, I didn't know, but I, I use this question from time to time. A turtle didn't get there by himself. You know, somebody put him up there, and what I found in my banking career, I can always look back at all the, the, the people that have invested in me, and I try to play that forward, too, to this day with, with the young folks that I hire. Uh, but as luck turned out, about six months into my, my banking job, the young lady who was running the department decided she was going to move with her family to Seattle. So Mr. Maxwell, who was the CEO, he came to the vault, uh, knocked on the door. I'm scared to death. And he said, uh, Greg, Congratulations, you're going to run the vault operations for Ruston State Bank. So, well, Mr. Maxwell, I, I do this part-time capacity. I'm here to go to school, get an education. You know, I want to do other things. He said, understand, can you be here at 7 in the morning to open up? And can you be here at 6 o'clock in the afternoon to close up? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you figure out how you do the other things in between. So, you know, roughly six months in, I became a full-time employee, worked part-time hours, and uh, so I spent the next four years there while I was continuing my education. About two years in, I decided that maybe I, I needed to move from the School of Forestry to the School of Business, and that's where I switched my major to finance and accounting. So that's a long answer to your short question. 
I'm glad you didn't ask me the question about the box turtle. <laughs> I would I would have missed it, and yeah. we would have clearly seen the limit yeah. of my intelligence. Yeah, they're they're so. typically overweight and uh, don't have the claws to to make their way up a fence post. Love that. All right, so I pulled a quote from you, Greg. You once said, "If you look at our profession, banks exist to help people. They exist to help businesses grow, and they exist to help people." They exist to help improve our community. I think collectively, we all do a good job to meet those needs. Talk to me about Progressive Bank. I know we have a number of different banks in our community. Does each bank have its own core business? And if so, what is Progressive's, what is Progressive's main focus and area of expertise? Well, thank you. Well, first I would tell you, you know, in banking, it, it's pretty close network. Most of us have worked together in various capacities or volunteered together, so it's it's friendly competition. Uh, there's really not much difference in banking services and products. So if you look at the entire gamut between big banks, small banks, pretty much the same products and services. The only differentiating factor are the people. Uh, so it, it typically a lot of that's based on personalities. A lot of it's based on people that you're serving with. But what I, when I think about Progressive Bank, what I try to instill in all my young people is we want to become trusted advisors. We want to be more than just financial services. We want to be there for you when you're planning, you know, your your daughter's wedding or when you're planning. You know, unfortunately, there, there are bad things. There's fires, there's tragedy, there's setbacks. So, you know, we want to be there to provide that type of, uh, of um, sometimes it's just being a good listener. But, but to give advice through the whole uh, gamut of, of, of your business. And a lot of times it's, it's providing startup capital. A lot of times it's, it, it may be in an expansion. Maybe it's a management buyout. You know, but I explain in my new role in, in community banking, that back years ago, we would all get the big phone book, you know, that was two inches thick and, you know, thousands of names in there. Well, I explained to the young bankers that there's something that we can do from A to Z for everyone in this community. Now, there, there are those in our community that have, have had financial problems. So maybe it's a credit builder program that we offer. Maybe it's a second chance checking. You know, but, but there are sweet spots within community banking, what we do. And I would describe that as an entrepreneur or, or business professional. Uh, you know, we, but we do have just regular consumer banking. We have mortgage lending. We have treasury management. We have uh, the big thing now is, is fraud management with positive pay and doing things to, to, to avoid having the there, there, there's criminal elements that are out there that are always trying to take our money so to protect our clients. Uh, but back to the sweet spot with an entrepreneur, you know, we might bank their business. Let's potentially would bank a lot of their employees. Uh, that entrepreneur may have a camp. They may have a beach home. They may have hunting property. There's numbers of different things that they do. So we try to partner with folks that have lots of moving parts and try to bank all of those parts and, and they make good referral sources for us as well. But I would tell you there, there's nobody in this market that, that we couldn't bank, that we couldn't provide some level of service to. That's great. 
But you asked too, you, 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 uh, an interesting question when you, that quote, and I don't remember when I made that quote, but that is the one key aspect that I do love about banking is helping other people. And then as we talk about other organizations today, and you look at their mission statements, it's, it's pretty much a, that, that bubbles up within all these organizations. It's about helping and helping others and lifting others up and eliminating gaps. And, you know, that, that's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in in, in banking. And, and we're about to talk about how large of a role you play in that. So I'm very appreciative and um, grateful for all you do. So. As I mentioned earlier, you're deeply involved in giving back to this community. Let's talk about some of the organizations with whom you work, beginning with NLEP or the North Louisiana Economic Partnership. Yes. I know, I know there's new leadership in NLEP and that they're involved in numerous great initiatives. Talk to me about NLEP, if you could, and, and why this organization is important for the betterment of our community. First, I would just say economic development should be important to all of us. You know, I try to start every day with thinking, you know, how am I going to attack this day with enthusiasm? And, you know, being a, a positive outlook has a lot to do with economic development. How do you present the city? How do you present the region? And there are so many positive things here that, that we often, you know, just take for granted or, or, or they're just there and we don't see them like fresh eyes that come in. So Justin Dixon was hired as our uh, new president and CEO about a year and a half ago. You know, and he's come in, he's pointed out a lot of things that, you know, I, I knew we had, but I don't think about it from an economic development perspective, but we have two interstates that intersect. He and said, let me just interrupt one second. Part of that is just... Uh, um, Piggybacking off of what you said, Justin came in with fresh eyes from outside. Justin's not from here. No, he's from Mississippi. Okay. From Mississippi. He was a, ran a REIT there, and they developed uh, industrial space all throughout the southeast. Very successful. He came here on a couple of different trips, uh, just looking around. And these are some of the things that he po pointed out to the group that was recruiting him. He said, there's no reason that we shouldn't win every time. You got I-20, you have I-49, you have a river for commerce, you have two rail uh, systems here. All these things are what you need to move goods and services. You're within a eight hour drive from Austin, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Memphis, Atlanta, you know, all these mega centers that, that are growing and, and we could be manufacturing right here and you can put it on rail, you put it on the cargo on the river, you can put it on a, on a truck and, and, and again, in eight hours you can be in all of these places. Uh, he pointed out the quality of life, all the restaurants that we have and how quick you can get from South Bossier to North Shreveport or you could get from Halton to Greenwood Road all in 15 minutes and, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, I love the recreational aspect that we have here. You know, I love the fact that we have a thriving YMCA that, that's growing and, and putting in new resources for our, our children. And it's my hopes that when I think about economic development, you know, that it, it's the tide that lifts all boats. So if you think about, you know, whether they put a new industry in the cyber center in Bossier City, that's great. Everybody within the Minden wins, 
Bossier winds, Shreveport winds, Cachata winds. People drive here every day from Marshall, Texas, from South Arkansas, whether it's in the in, in the port of Caddo Bossier. I mean, everybody within the region wins. I mean, and when we bring in some of these really big uh, employers that, uh, depending on payroll, sometimes we're told by consultants people will drive 100 miles. You know, you can get that same 100 miles here you know, in an hour and 10 minutes, that may take you three hours to get 15 minutes in Houston. Uh, that's another thing that we, we so often take for granted. But NLEP is a 14-parish parent region. It's a big territory. It goes from Caddo Parish to Washita Parish down to, to Natchitoches Parish. So it is a challenge being everywhere. Uh, but, but what's great about our organization they point out all the all the various industrial parks, and, and again, if it's in Natchitoches, we win. You know, we have a big medical hub here. Well, a lot of things you can't get in Natchitoches Parish, so it, you know, we have the resource here in, in, in Caddo Bossier. But for me, economic development is, is in everything that we do. If we don't, that tide that doesn't raise all boats, I mean, then we have educational issues because we're losing funding because our population's going down you know from a medical resource hospitals they need folks coming in our hotel motel industry we need new industry coming in with robust business travel so all those things are all driven by economic development and growth and I know we're in great hands with Justin and things are moving in, in uh, a very positive direction it, it, within LEP. Extremely, and, 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 and he points out there are probably 20, 30 young entrepreneurs here. They could live anywhere they want to, but they choose to be here and they're making investment here every day. Love it. All right, let's shift to another organization where you're uh, involved, you're you're involved with DSDC or the Downtown Shreveport Development Corporation. Yes, sir. Talk to me if you could about DSDC and similar to above, why this organization is vital to the future success of this community. All right. So DSDC is, is essentially our downtown area. It's the not-for-profit arm of the Downtown Development Authority, which is they're both managed by Liz Swain. And, you know, I think of Liz as the head cheerleader and the energizer bunny of, of downtown. And she's great. She works hard. Uh, she promotes everything downtown. So DSDC, you know, we have the ability, if somebody wants to donate a property, they can do that through DSDC. We can make repairs, renovations, convert the property, whatever needs to be done, and we can put it back in, in commerce. We can sell it or we can rent it or, you know, our goal is to get things back on the tax roll. Uh, one thing that I would mention, the Drip Donut. We, we were a small part of their success in, in taking that building and, and helping with the renovations. And uh, that family's moved in there, and, and I think it's, it's doing extremely well. They had a successful business model all along, but we were a, a small player in that. You know, you've got Andy Sheehy and a group that have just renovated two buildings uh, across from the old bus station. You know, that's going to be a restaurant and cafe. I believe it's the Glass Hat that's supposed mm -hmm. to open. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy mentioned to me at Rotary on, on uh, sometime early May. Uh, another thing that I, I, I would mention that, you know, we've had facade grants and, and other things that we've done for all the businesses in downtown. Just recently, uh, 
we, we planted a lot of new trees where the uh, ice storm had, had taken them out over time. We provide you know, simple things like graffiti removal. Uh, but these are all things we think are critically important to keeping things looking nice downtown. And, and Liz is always coming up with new and, and creative uh, ways to, to make downtown more attractive to, 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 uh, to, for people to work, uh, play, and, 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 and live. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know how important uh, a strong downtown is to this community, and um, I think the world will live. So, I'm super happy to have her in that position, and um, excited about everything that's happening down there. Yes, sir. Okay, so you're also the current vice president and president nominee of Rotary. What is the role? Just for those who are unfamiliar or don't know as much as they should, what's the role? in your opinion, that Rotary's playing in our community? Well, Rotary, by very definition, is service above self. So it's about doing for others. You know, I, we, we end every meeting with a four-way test. You know, the first question is, is it the truth? You know, the second question, will it be fair to all concerned? The third, will it, will it be beneficial and, and build better friendships? So, you know, it's about building relationships, and there's roughly 225 members you know that number kind of expands and contracts but uh meet every tuesday um you know there's an international goal of eliminating polio but but right here at home we do numerous uh activities one that we just did recently we give scholarships to our five universities and we have the recipients come and talk to the club on that particular day uh, that's always very rewarding to to hear how they've been impacted by that scholarship and, and their plans. We give out community grants and a lot of programs that, that you've had on your show and that we all know and love. Uh, but what I really enjoy, too, is getting to know more about our community. Uh, we have a speaker every every Tuesday, and uh, there are things that I have learned that I wouldn't have known outside of Rotary, and I've got friends that I probably wouldn't have made outside of Rotary. I have gotten bad here, you know, after being a member for about 20 years. I finally have my table where I sit every week, and I know we, we try to be intentional about moving people around, uh, but uh, we have a tendency, like we do at our church, finding our pew and, and, and having our table. But uh, it's a great organization. Uh, I enjoy the international goals that are established every year, and, and, and I love serving with, with my friends on various things here locally. And this is downtown Rotary, it's right? It's a downtown Andrew. Rotary Club, yes. And we sir. have maybe five, six, seven, eight I different I think there's little... seven or eight in Shreveport, maybe two in Bossier. Okay. And there's a, a new one, I think, being formed in, in North Shreveport. Okay, great. And you guys are currently meeting at the convention center, is that right? We meet in the Hilton restaurant. Okay. okay. We had met for years in, 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 the, Hil in the convention center, but COVID kind of, when we closed for about 90 days and then we were back face to face and we didn't need as big a facility so uh, started meeting there in the but we felt like we were the downtown rotary club and we need to con continue to meet downtown definitely and this isn't one of my questions but it should have been um, i'm always curious when i meet someone like you who um, is as involved as you are and just with what you said service above self someone clearly at some point in your life instilled that giving back is important, that service is important. I'm always curious where that comes from in different people. So 
how did you learn that? Where, when, when do you first, when were you first aware that, Hey, that's going to be a big part of my life, um, moving forward and, and, and it needs to be, and I want it to be, and I'm passionate about it. Um, you know, I would say my parents were excellent role models and always involved with both parents taught Sunday school. Uh, my dad was real involved with the Lions Club in Minden. He always ran the recreational organizations. Uh, you know, so had a father who was a high school principal when I was younger. That was back in the years where they didn't have to work during the summer. So he always ran the, the recreational departments. And uh, you know, we'd have a day on Wednesday, we'd go to Caney Lake and he'd drive the bus. And, you know, the, so he was always involved with youth sports, with the Lions Club and, and various other things in Menden. And my, my mom was always uh, involved in everything at First Baptist Church in Menden. Right. But I learned some of it too in, in college when I got in my fraternity days and we volunteered for a lot of things as well. And and when I spent a little time in Natchitoches, I got involved with the JCs. That's kind of a younger organization, similar to, to Rotary. And, and we have had a big initiative with the Toys for Tots where we would um, solicit uh, for, for children all throughout Natchitoches Parish and, and would buy new toys and, and have refurbished uh, toys that we'd deliver there for the uh, week before Christmas every year. Wonderful. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a zoom out a little bit. Um, I want to talk more globally about the community. My first question is just for, for someone who sees as much as you see and is around as much as you're around. As you look around at our community, what are some of the things that concern you the most? Well, I mean, I, I don't like to really refer to them as concerns. I would just uh, say there's room for improvement. Okay. Uh, you know, I know our, our, our mayor spoke at a luncheon I was at today. You know, he's taken a lot of pride in our city, and, you know, we all need to embrace that we love Shreveport and just the litter problem that we have here. Uh, if we would just all pick up behind ourselves, uh, that that would be a, a, an easy win for us. But the violent crime, uh, and I don't have the answers to it, uh, but I do know it's, it, it, it's a problem. We hear about it every single week. Um, maybe it's, you know, that, that we need to start with our education system on how to uh, work through, prob solve your problems without, you know, having to go violent uh, to, to fix those things. So, you know, that, that's one. Um, you know, I think we have a, still have an outflux of, of our young talent that are moving to some of these other larger money centers. And, and we have to do our part to create back to the economic development to create these jobs where we get folks that, that want to stay here. Uh, some, we're doing a lot of things well, but uh, those are some things that, that we could probably spend a little more time on. I know our, our sewage system, I mean, there's some major issues there. And, and the mayor, uh, he's got big plans on, on how he's going to go about fixing all those things. And I'm excited about our future. And uh, I, I feel like you have to at least acknowledge that there's some things that need to be worked on. And, and we're hearing that from the mayor, that he's got them on his list. And, you know, there are areas in town that have not seen improvements in years. And there's some choice city grants where new neighborhoods are being developed. Uh, you know, they have areas that are blighted that, you know, that, that they're going in and, and they're taking some of those old buildings down that should have been taken down years ago. 
but all those things kind of contribute to the to the violence piece. Uh, you know, if you if you have old buildings that are not being maintained, and you have trash and things that aren't being removed, uh, that invites that type of uh, criminal element in. Absolutely. And my my final question, we can talk about other things too, is just sort of the, the other side of that question. As you as you look around, what are some what are some of the things that um, give you the most hope or make you the most optimistic or um, excite you the most about the the trajectory in which uh, the community is moving? Well, if you look at some of the wins that we've had recently with uh, with Amazon, the plant that's getting close to an open date, uh, Prolic GE that was just announced yesterday, a $30 million expansion with 153 new jobs, and they said the average pay would there would be in the $60,000 range. You know, we need to, the, the things that are happening out at the port of Caddo Bossier, I mean, it gives me hope. The things that I hear, you know, at the Cyber Innovation Center. But it. But the other thing that gives me hope, uh, you know, with, with Justin coming in, I feel a spirit that everybody's collaborating and working together, unlike we have in, in years past. I, we did a study at Committee of 100 four years ago and found that there were 19 different economic development organizations wow. in, in Shreveport, Bossier. And and we found that everybody was kind of in different swim lanes and working in different silos, and nobody was really working together. Uh, and as business leaders, we said, you know, we need to help solve for that. And and we tried to have various things where we bring all the economic development groups together in a spirit of let's work together and and, and win some deals. And and we're seeing that. So, you know, if we all start working together. The early education initiatives that John Dean and others are working on here in the community, we, we feel like, you know, if you can get everybody up to the right grade level when they enter into kindergarten, that will be a bright spot for us as well. So you got to start somewhere with baby steps sometimes, but working together, you know, getting the um, early education initiatives out there and getting getting everybody on track when they start kindergarten, I think, are, are two bright spots for us. And there's so many aspects of you I could cover and so many aspects of your world I could cover. Is there anything else that we didn't address today or anything else you'd want to mention or talk about? We got uh, all the time in the world. so um, Man, I'm just thankful what you're doing and what the YMCA is doing to promote the positive messages, the things that are going on. There are others that are doing that now. For years, we just focus on the on the negative things. And you know, there, there, there are tremendous schools here. My wife is an educator at South Highlands Magnet School. It's a world-class blue ribbon school. There's, there's others here, you know, and, and you may get in an elevator with somebody that talks about, well, maybe, they, you know, but, but it's, it's going great. I mean, the perfect ACT test scores that are generated here every year. So we've got great public schools, got great private schools on both sides of the river, uh, it, it's to me, you know, we, we talked about junior achievement and the little mentor lunch that they do. And I've, I've been doing that for, I guess, four or five years, however long they've been doing it. You know, and, and, and when I get to sit now with eight or ten sophomores or juniors in high school and I hear about their plans and what they want to do and that they want to come back here, it, it gives me hope that, hey, we're, we're training them up the, the way they should go, and, and a lot of them are planning on coming back here and, and, and contributing.
Well, Greg, this community is super lucky to have you. I don't, I don't even know how you do half of what you do, but thanks for making the time to be here, and please uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Yes, thanks, sir. Greg.